Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Well, welcome this morning to 2024. Hard to believe it is true. Uh, this next year, I'm trusting great things for you, for my family, and for our church family. And we might as well, because it's going to be a long year. It's leap year. We'll get a whole extra day, thanks to February, 366 days here in uh, the year 2024. Uh, what a year it's going to be. Summer Olympics in Paris. That'll be an exciting thing in this year. Uh, Facebook turns 20 years old this year. Amazon, 30 years old here in 2024. Hard to believe. 12-team college football playoffs, 2024. Kind of excited about that. A uh, year late for Florida State and Georgia, but that's a whole other story as we go. I'm trying to find something for you. 20, could be the year of the cats. Looking good. 2024, maybe. We're a little optimistic there. Presidential elections. Oh, what brings greater joy and unity? Uh, 2024 will be defined probably by some of the events that happen there, even on a national scene. We sit here today, we have 359 days left of this epic year. So here's a question for you. What's going to make this year different than last year? What's going to make this year any different than years past? What's going to make some of your desires, your dreams, your things that you want to see accomplished this year, how are they going to become a reality? And how are you going to move that from just a desire to things that really are going to happen? As I think about us, uh, and what I really would wish for you for this next year, uh, I'm not, it's not a year, I, I'm not wishing for you for health, wealth, or uh, power. Uh, not a year to wish even for you, hey, I hope that you can actually lose those 10 pounds that you are wanting, or maybe this year you'll journal more, or read more books, or maybe keep the house a little bit cleaner. No, what I wish for you is what I wish for me, for my family in 2024, and that's peace. Peace on those things. The kind of peace that's, that we talked about, you even saw in our intro, right? The kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. The kind of peace that is greater than what the scale says or the peace that's greater than the circumstances of life. Certainly a peace that we won't find in the White House and you won't find having a bigger house. The, the kind of peace that comes into your life that at the end of the day, when you lay your head on your pillow, you can have a full night of rest. The, the kind of peace that gives you the comfort to put your phone down and to be comfortable in silence. The kind of peace that allows you to be present in the moment rather than feeling anxiety about the what-ifs of 2024. See, anxiety is the challenge. We see it being the challenge in our culture. The struggle with anxiety, that it's a thief. I mean, it, I mean think about this. It, it steals your thoughts, your courage, your peace, we talked about, your dreams, your ability to be present in the moment. It's a thief. And over the next four weeks, as I thought about starting off this year, I, I really want to share with you what is God's antidote to the anxieties of this life. The things that God says that you and I can do, the disciplines in our lives that allow us to experience by choice peace over all the things of this world. So we're going to look this over these next four weeks about how we choose peace, his peace, 
in the midst of all the circumstances, because it will be quite a year in 2024. So if you've got your Bibles, if you would, go with me to the book of Philippians chapter 4. If you're new with us this morning, so glad you're here. If you get your phones and go to lexcity.info, all of the sermon notes are there. You can follow along and uh, keep track there, all the things that are happening in our church. So as you go into Philippians chapter 4, let me just quick give you an overview where we're going to head these next four weeks. I think they'll be significant. Today, we're going to simply look at this, of how unhelpful, unproductive anxiety is in our life. Right? It doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't help you. We're going to see that. The scripture speaks to that. Next week, we're going to look at what's God's antidote. If that's not the case, Philippians chapter 4 has this great little verse that says, but, and then it tells us what we should do. We're going to look at that next week. Week 3, we're going to look at one of the biggest stealers of peace in the lives of families and individuals over and over. And that's simply the area of finances. How do we find peace in our personal life along those areas? That'll be week 3. And then week 4... We're going to look like, what are the daily choices? What are the decisions that you and I make every day that bring peace over anxiety for the day? So that's where we're going to head over these next four weeks. Encourage you. Boy, make it every to each one of these weeks. I think they're going to be helpful to you. A great series if you want to invite. Because I think the one thing we all share heading into 2024 is that we probably all could use a little bit more peace in our lives. Philippians chapter 4, incredible verse. Verses 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <laughs> There's this woman, she was gripped with fear, anxiety. And for years and years, she worried and worried every time she went to bed that a thief would come and break into their house. This anxiety gripped her life. It was almost like she was sleeping with one eye open every morning just, or every night in the dark of the night waiting to hear that bump and that, that, that fear would come. And this was the anxiety she lived in year after year. And one night, she hears a little rustling down on the main floor and some things moving around. So she quick elbows her husband. And so dutifully, he grabs the bat and heads on down to see what's there. And sure enough, there's a burglar there in the house. And so he confronts this man. And after he confronts him, he says to him, listen, uh, before you leave, would you mind coming upstairs and meeting my wife? She's been waiting for over a decade to meet you, <laughs> right? Because it's a sense of this. A burglar can steal from you once, but the burglar of anxiety can steal from you for decades, Anxiety, defined by this, an intense, excessive, persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Excessive, persistent worry about everyday situations. No surprise, the Bible speaks on this idea. The, the word anxious appears 19 times in the Bible. In the, in the original, the word anxious actually is worry, care, anxiety, all used in the same word. Jesus spoke about this. He says, don't worry all right, about your life. Jesus said to Martha, right, Martha, Martha, you are worried or anxious and troubled about so many things. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says, I want you to be without care, without worry, without anxiety that comes. And in the original language, it's an incredible little word that has, I think, even more depth to it. 
In the Greek, the, the word anxious is actually a word made up of two separate words that are kind of smashed together to give us this. The first word that's smashed together is a word that means to tear or divide. And the second word is translated mind. And so what it's really saying is anxiety is a divided mind. See the power of that? Worry, care is a divided mind. Anxiety is when your mind is divided between legitimate thoughts and destructive thoughts. When these two things are at war, he says, then you will become anxious. James says it this way, what a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Why? Because his mind is divided between what is legitimate and what is destructive. So God in his love for us knows how we're wired, knows the things that stress against our heart, and so he gives us a command, right? In verse six, go back to Philippians, here's this command. He says, do not be anxious about anything. All right? That seems, here's the deal. Just don't be. It's not a frivolous command. I mean, think about even the context of the book of Philippians written by Paul. The book of Philippians, what's the context? Where's Paul writing this? He's writing it from prison, telling us, don't worry. Trust God in these things. And so he, Paul's not teaching us some kind of fairy tale or some idealistic kind of thinking. This is what he's living. Paul's simply saying to us, you choose. You choose. Paul says, I'm choosing right now to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit to write these words to you in the book of Philippians. Rather than wallow in self-pity in a prison cell, I choose peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. So those words aren't aren't an empty one. But I want to say to you, this topic of, of anxiety can I just encourage you this way? It's not simply as easy as saying, hey, don't worry, be happy, right? Because there is valid reasons your body, for many of you, is feeling, it's responding correctly to anxiety on different things. Some of you have past traumas, some of you have family cycles, some of you have known circumstances that are facing you currently and in this year to come. And I just want to remind you, right, it's your body, it's appropriate responding to these things. And so what I don't want you to do is have anxiety about having anxiety in this next year, right? Here's what I want to remind you. This is a journey. And my heart for you is that God will meet you where you're at. And in 2024, we'll all just grow. We'll take a step closer towards health, a step closer towards greater trust, and so for some of you, let me just say, the command seems, well, don't be anxious. You're like, I can't, I gotta, great. God knows where you're at. Breathe. But this year, we're gonna take a step closer. And our desire is some point to be to that point, that anxiety doesn't rule our hearts and our decisions, that we can find a peace. Because the peace is the thing that's gonna, it, if you don't deal with the peace issue, you'll just solve circumstances, and next circumstances will come into your life and bring more anxiety, right? So God says, I love you. Let me help you find peace. So wherever you're at, let God meet you there. So in order to do that, uh, I want to take us to the Sermon on the Mount today. And Jesus is going to remind us why anxiety is unproductive, especially in the life of a believer. And this is the difference. If you, without Jesus in your life, can I just say to you, I can't say to you in 2024, I want you to have peace. Because this peace only comes from God. In the absence of God, there is no peace. But if we do have Christ in our life, 
then if we're allowing anxiety to drive us, Jesus reminds us how unproductive and how unbecoming that is in the life of a believer. So let's look at Matthew chapter six, Sermon of the Mount. Familiar passage may be for you, but you maybe never looked at it in this context. Matthew chapter six, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Now, I love this. Now, as you read this, can I just remind you, Jesus is not saying, hey, just dude, just relax. Man, be carefree. Be unproductive. It's unmotivated. It doesn't matter. And God will take care of you. Man, stay on the mom's couch for a few more years. You don't need to do anything, right? Just God will provide all these things. Now, that's not really what he's saying. And Jesus uses the imagery. He says, listen, I'm gonna use the imagery of all the creatures he could. He says, I wanna remind you of the birds. All right, this is the relationship between what you do, what God does, and how he works it together. Let me remind you of the birds who are far from lazy creatures. I mean, birds, Woodpeckers, let's take them. They can peck up to 8,000 times a day, high achievers as they go, right? The uh, alpine swift can travel 200 days in a row while it's on its migration process. The hummingbird, you talk about a high metabolism rolling. Hummingbirds, uh, they have uh, heartbeats per minute, 1,260 heartbeats per minute. Uh, you talk about a metabolism. If they were, this is what's helpful to me. Uh, if, they, if I had that high of metabolism, I could eat 285 pounds of meat a day and never lose weight. I mean, that's a good day. Uh, if I ever come back, it'll be as a hummingbird is what I want to do, all right? But you get the point. Jesus is saying, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you be unproductive and lazy and unmotivated. He says, remind them of the birds who I've created and what they do. But he says, I want to remind you that if anxiety rules your heart, three things that are going to happen that are unproductive in the life of a believer. Number one, uh, if anxiety goes, number one, it's unhealthy. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or about what you'll put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Here's what we know to be true, right? Anxiety impacts our health. Let me just give you three examples. It was King David, right, who, when the enemies were warring against the nation and he was the king who felt all these responsibilities and he was worried about these things, listen to what he says in Psalm 6. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. <laughs> I'm sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me, right? I'm fatigued. My bones are in agony. I have constant pain that's there. King Darius, on the night that he, he summons and condemns Daniel to the lion's den, right? Now he has anxiety over the decision he's made. And in Daniel chapter 6, then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. Didn't eat 
No diversions were brought to him. No entertainment came and sleep fled from him. Sleepless, insomnia, all these things, why anxiety is high. Moses, leader of the nation of Israel and all the stress that comes with leadership. Numbers chapter 11, he says, I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor, spare me this misery, right? It's unhealthy, it's unsustainable when misery is there. And once again, it shouldn't surprise us that science, all it does is confirm all these things that scripture has told us for years and taught us about anxiety and unhealth. In the latest uh, medical news today, it lists for us seven symptoms or seven effects of chronic anxiety on the body. Here they are. See if you can, respiratory problems, gastrointestinal disorders, compromised immune systems, four, heart disease, muscle tension, chronic pain, we just read of those. Number six, memory loss. Okay, what was the last one? (laughs) Um, You get the idea, Uh, weight gain that comes, right? So think about all the things that are in our culture, society. What are we medicating over and over? It's these things, it's the chronic things of anxiety when it begins to rule your heart. Why? The scripture tells us, number one, it's unhealthy. But number two, it's unbecoming. That an anxious person, when anxiety rules your heart, it reminds you, man, this is not a strong testimony to your walk with God. It implies that we don't have confidence in who God is. Look at verse 26, and I'll explain it to you. Look at this birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus says it's your heavenly Father, not the bird's heavenly Father. It's your heavenly Father who cares for them, right? This is so amazing. He's saying, listen, I want to remind you that your God is so powerful so compassionate, so in control of all things that he not only cares for you, but he even cares for the birds of the field. This is how great God is. And so you've got to trust God, he says, to meet your needs. And when we allow anxiety to rule our hearts, what we're really communicating is, God, I don't really trust that you can handle this. And so since I know you can't handle it, I'm going to take it on. (laughs) God, I know you're not concerned about this, so I'm going to be concerned about this, and I'm going to be worried about these things, and I'm going to be consumed on them. And he says, whoa, whoa, Jesus, can I remind you that your heavenly Father not only cares for you, but he's the one who cares for the birds in the sky. He's powerful. And so we can have faith and trust. And so he says, in the life of a believer, in our own testimony, When we allow anxiety to rule our hearts, it dampens our testimony with the world around us. That's the difference between you and your coworkers tomorrow morning or your students. Listen, apart from Jesus, I don't have any hope for you for peace for 2024. The world conflicts are just going to get worse. The the political seems just going to get crazier in this next year. The struggles that you have and other things are just going to get... But because of Jesus, there's a power greater than all of these things. Because of Jesus, there's a confidence that he will meet your needs. And so I replace that anxiety with peace. And when there's peace in my life, there is a testimony that comes to the world around us. So he says, be careful, otherwise it's unbecoming. And third one, it's unproductive. Here's the result, verse 27. 
of which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? See, anxiety is a lot like a rocking chair. There's lots of momentum or lots of movement, but it doesn't take you anywhere. And that's the case what he's saying. Anxiety, you can't add a single hour or even a day to your life. Dr. Joseph Galloway did a study a few years back, and it's been confirmed. He simply found this. He found that 85% of the things we worry about never happen. Think about that. 85% of things we're also worried about never really happen. Out of the 15% of the things that we worry about that do happen, here's what happened. 79% of the people said that after a result of experiencing the 15 things that really did happen, 79% said, listen, I actually felt like I handled it better than I thought I was going to handle it. Or that difficult situation taught me a lesson that was worth living or learning in that. Here was his conclusion on the study. 97% of what we worry about is just fearful mind, as our fearful mind pushing you with exaggerations and misconceptions. That 97% of the things that we lose sleep over, get stomach aches over and all this, is simply our fearful mind pushing to us exaggerated thoughts and misconceptions. And all of that anxiety, Jesus says, listen, cannot add an hour or even a day to your life. It probably can take some days off your life, but he says it cannot add a day to your life. And I love how Jesus closes out his teaching on this part on the Sermon of the Mount because he reminds us the key with this whole idea of anxiety, right, is focus, where we're putting our, our attention to. It's kind of like the great theologian, the Jedi master, Kwai Kon Jin in, uh, you know, in The Phantom Menace, who simply said this, always remember your focus determines your reality. Or even spoken even better by the master of all Jedi, it's when Jesus says it this way in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Jesus says, as we look towards 2024, be reminded that anxiety is it's unbecoming in the life of a believer. It, it's unhealthy and it's unproductive. So he says to us, as Paul said from the prison cell, I challenge to you is to choose peace in the midst of it all. So when you're worried, he says, then the begin is the time to worship. When burdens are overcoming your heart, it's the time to bow to the Savior and let him meet you in that moment. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church slash give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.